You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello and welcome to Half Hour, a theater entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. And today we're here to bring you a conversation on the latest and greatest. Uh, We have an amazing film to talk to you about today from Netflix titled Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, This just came out on November 19th. Uh, we got lots to talk about here. This is uh, well. We'll give a little background history on this mm-hmm. before we kind of dive into the actual film. Um, this is a, a film based on the stage musical Tick Tick Boom, which was written by Jonathan Larson. Jonathan Larson is the creator of Rent, uh, as most people know, is his biggest piece. Um, Tick Tick Boom was a few years prior to that in various different formats of workshop style and concert presentation style. Um, and then Jonathan, we know Jonathan Larson had directed his attention in the early to mid nineties on Rent. And then Jonathan Larson died very unexpectedly at 35 years old on the opening at the, the morning of the opening of Rent. Um, Years later, flash forward 2001, um, they developed Tick, Tick, Boom as more of a three-person musical, a stage mm-hmm. musical presentation, um, which with David Auburn is a script consultant is brought on. Um, and then there's a couple off-road revivals and encores and things like that. And then now here we are, the film production of this. So that's like a little bit of a background on this, um, this amazing, amazing story. Semi-autographical, autobiographical, I should say, I guess, about Jonathan Larson's life. He kind of wrote this about the struggle of getting one of his older shows, Superbia, up as a stage show and the struggle of getting that to workshop as well as the struggles he was dealing with in his life all around his 30th birthday. Um, so hopefully I'm warning you all. I think I just gave away a lot of the plot and stuff. I'm giving you all a little heads up. If you haven't seen this yet, please consider watching this. It is on Netflix. I believe it's in select movie theaters as well, but we're talking about the tick, tick, boom film, um, musical movie that just came out, um, in November, 2021 here. Um, this film is directed by Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda, um, in his feature directorial debut, which is really exciting. Um, which is, we also have a screenplay by Steven Levinson. It's based on the sta- stage musical of the same name by Jonathan Larson. The film stars Andrew Garfield in the, t- in the leading role. We have Robin DeJesus, Alexandra Shipp, Joshua Henry, Judith Light, and Vanessa Hudgens. Um, fun fact, also, this was produced by Brian Grazer, Julie O, Lin-Manuel also produced it, and Ron Howard also produced it too, which is really, really cool. Wow. A Hollywood mogul. Um, edited by Myron Kirstein and Andrew Weisblern. And we also have cinematography by Alice Brooks. So where do we go in the beginning? There's so much to talk about. There's so many themes. And and, and I think we could talk about this as a, as a show. And we could also talk about this as a film. I think that's so cool that we could kind of talk about both. But where are your overall thoughts in the beginning of this? I think, watching this? I think my overall start to this is I just have to praise it. Because I think... We've seen many, many movie musicals come to the big screen or to the screen in your homes. And we keep saying to ourselves after these films come like, oh, they just didn't get it right. Or, oh, it was okay. It just wasn't the adaptation that we were looking for this. And this, this was what I, uh, I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what I was expecting because I really actually don't know much about the show ahead of this and seeing it last night but i have to praise it because i think everything they did in the film was right mm-hmm. and i think that it was perfect and you know i don't really say that often i've said you know movies like moulin rouge and chicago are movie musicals that are perfect mm-hmm. and this 
adds to that list. Mm-hmm. So that I think is like a bold statement there, but I think the direction in this was perfect. And I have to praise Lin-Manuel on that because mm-hmm. I think he took everything that is right in the theater world and was able to translate that into a film. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do. Yes. And it's, and I think what was so amazing about this, they took moments. It was so amazing to take moments of Jonathan Larson's clearly what he was doing in the early 90s with Mm -hmm. this, and then what they did in early 2000s with it. They took this baby of his and they made it into a more polished piece. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming Jonathan Larson maybe after the Rent success would have maybe eventually gone back and polished Tick Tick Boom maybe for the stage for as a but but regardless of that they did in early 2000s make it a three person it's only a three person stage musical. I like how they added all these other characters because that totally helps for the film but I think it was a nice homage to like what his original piece was at that piano and those concert style productions of it with the band and the singers and then the actual scripted what what David Auburn worked on making the right, script and I think what, for the stage. I was reading that it was originally called Boho Days. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was his like one man. And then he kind of piece, paused it for like, a little while to go to Rent. You know, mm-hmm. he had just kind of stopped a little bit and then made Rent. And I think that line that Judith Light has in this film when she says, "I'm going to just give you a tip. The next thing you write." And, you know, she tells him, go and write the next thing. And then when you're done with that, go and write the next thing. And she's like, the next thing you write, write about something that you're familiar with. And then flash forward to Rent, which is really such all his friends and the things they were struggling with. And and that was what he was familiar with. And that was so successful. So, well, I anyway. think that's also why I'm saying, like, they got everything right here. Because they could have just taken Tick, Tick, Boom as a show as we know it right. and put that into a film. Right. And that's not really what they did. They called this Tick, Tick, Boom. But right. they took moments like all moments of his life they took him writing his first show into um his whole experiences with that and they added that dialogue into the musical yeah so it helped to make the musical make sense (sighs) so then what they also did was they took moments of rents and you see how he was getting his inspiration from the things that were going on and why he was going to start writing rent because it makes then what Judith Light's character says to her, him, yeah, yeah. says to him, what Judith Light says to who is Rosa, says to him is like, go write about what you know. And while you're learning about his friend Michael, or you're learning about his girlfriend Susan, and you're hearing the themes of like one song glory getting written at that time. Or the power's out. Will you light my candle? The beep, you know, that was very loud beep, you know, yeah. His rent was always due. Right. Okay, hello, right there. His rent was always due and then his power is going on and he's just a you know, struggling artist here trying to survive. So I think like not only that, but this this story is just inspiring for most people to see in general. And I think especially for someone like you and I who are constantly in this space of directing or music producing or writing our own original work it's really nice to see someone who's in our age bracket who was doing this at that time. Well, and there's some, I mean, there's a few tearjerker moments for me throughout this. I know we're kind of talking overall, overall here. (laughs) The um, one, well, I'll say one on the theme of what you're talking about, which is um, he's arguing with his friend, um, not uh, Michael. He's arguing with his friend, Michael. And he's like, but 
And, and when he says, and he says it multiple times, but Sondheim wrote his first piece at 27 years old. In West Side Story, he was 27 years old, and I'm 30 years old, and, and I'm running out of time, and I'm running out of time. And then for Michael to say, I'm running out of time, because I was just diagnosed with HIV. That moment, I think I vocally was like, ah, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so sad. I just started crying, because I was like, isn't it amazing the perspective of life? And then the tragedy on top of that is that he... Is says I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time, and he ran out of time at a in a very different way than Michael with his HIV diagnosis. What two? One was so unexpected. One was well, both unexpected. But I'm saying, you know, Jonathan Larson keeps saying I'm running out of time. What a theme of I'm running out of time. There's a lyric in one of the songs. Will I make it to forty? I mean, this whole and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And and you can't tell me that that's not a ghostly presence in this whole piece. Is that we're watching this man thinking that he's running out of time and he actually was and yeah. no one including him obviously knew it and that's just that's just so tra- that's tragedy but, but and that's, it's so sad but that's the whole theme throughout the whole piece and it's like tick tick boom like right. what does that time mean like right. tick tick like and yeah. then boom but every character it's like we have to remember everyone is going through something yeah everyone every single everyone you, you can take something like the diner scene for example and everyone there is on a time crunch yeah. where's my check where is this yeah. I, I don't have time there's only two of us working at sunday brunch this and that and it's like but everyone thinks they're the most important right. person. When at the end of the day, we're more similar than that because we all are on a tick-tick boom in a way. We're in different ways. Some are through age, some are through health, some are through career. We're all on that. Like, when is my... And his girlfriend, Susan, taking the job, not taking the job. That struggle. And she didn't have time, you know? She didn't have the time to say, okay, I have to give them an answer. Yes. Where he was like, but I have my show. Yeah. And then I thought what was so interesting is, of course, the week of his show... He's got to go find gigs to make a hundred bucks to get a musician in there. He's someone's like, can you give me an answer on this? Do you want this job? I need to know this. And the power goes out. And of course it's all happening. It wouldn't surprise me if so much of that was, I feel like when it rains, it pours, especially in the industry, when you have something big going on. Oh, of course, 3000 other things are going on at the same time. And I think, uh, it's just, it's just fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. I think also I will say. Andrew Garfield is just absolutely brilliant. There were moments where I thought, wait, did we just flash to actual Jonathan Larson? Because we at the end you see that footage of actual Jonathan Larson, which I heard um, I had do some reading was a little controversial because I think some people actually wanted this show to sit on its own and maybe not have a a appearance of Jonathan Larson in the film at all. And Lynn Manuel had said, I believe it was him that said, it is important to tell the world that this and, and catch them up, so to speak, on like who he was. No, John, this is a real story. This was a real guy, Jonathan Larson. We're not just making something up. And I understand what Lynn Manuel was saying there that I think it's important to actually put some footage in there of him and and show. Yeah, he worked at a diner. This was footage of him in the early nineties as a diner and at his thirty year old birthday trying to make it on Broadway. Which is also another thing that's so important from this whole piece is like we think it's easy. Mm. We think it's easy and it's really not because rent on the outside looks like it was easy and thrown up on that stage. Perfect. There was no issues with it whatsoever, but no 
Rent had to go through a series of so many things before it even made it to Broadway, and he never even got to see it go to and, Broadway. And, and the, right, because I believe he had passed right at the start of the off Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really sad too is, and reading a little bit more about him, he was not well the week leading up to his death. Mm-hmm. He was having problems. He was in and out of the hospital, and the doctors misdiagnosed him and said it was stress and exhaustion, and go home and sleep and rest. And then he died in his home a few days later on the morning of. The whole thing is tragedy. And I just can't help watching this and seeing, and I know some of those lines in this film, like, oh my God, I know you hit his milestone birthday. You're like, when's the break? When's the big moment coming? You're working, you're working, you're working. And then to know how it has ended. I, I always say, I always say if he, well, I think he would be in his sixties now if he still lived. Yeah. I always say if he was around 30 more years and oh my gosh, the musicals we would have seen. I think when you talk about his music, the music in this show is also so good. So good. Every song you get to. And I will say something about the music. And this was probably my, I think I have a favorite, I have a few favorite moments. <laughs> I think I will say one of my favorite moments is that he was inspired by Sondheim. Sondheim, we have to talk about that for a yeah. moment because Sondheim is so present in this. Actually, one of the only living Broadway people not appearing in the film because an actor played Stephen Sondheim in this film, but ev- there were so many other Broadway cameos. Right. <laughs> um, but and, and I will say Stephen Sondheim was played by Bradley Whitford, who was amazing. Like I thought he was so wonderful. But I'm, it sounded like Sondheim in that voicemail at the end. It sounded like maybe he put his voice into the film as the voicemail. I don't know. It we sounded just like we Sondheim. have to look at it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. But I will say in he. He at the time, Sunday in the Park with George was so big, right. and he was inspired by this beautiful production of that. And then his parody song Sunday, Sunday brunch, Sunday, and all those Broadway people. I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? Oh my gosh, who's that? Ah, that I was watching all this. I'm like, oh my gosh, these Broadway people are appearing. And he's like, just Joel Gray, Bernadette Peters, Cheetah Rivera, these people alone. And he's and like to film that and to see that, and Lynn getting all these people together for that. But to actually touch on that because this is a big point of what I was saying yeah. earlier is there was the right amount of theater added yes. to this film. Yes. Because sometimes we're like, okay, where is that theatrical moment happening? And it would happen in the songs. Yeah. So the theatrical moments weren't fully happening during the dialogue. That was mostly like right. play form. Right. But when the songs happened, it, there was the right amount of escapism for the viewer. Yeah. Okay, so we're in a diner, and the diner is breaking apart, and you have all of these cameos from these Broadway stars, which uh, uh, that alone shows how much these Broadway people respect Jonathan. Oh, yeah, because they all came to do this in this film. Some of them didn't even have a line or two and would sit in that pan across of the workshop and you see uh, Stephen Schwartz sitting there, Jason Robert Brown sitting there, these people sitting there, and it's like, all these people are just sitting there. Like right. they came to do homage to this amazing musical theater playwright, and and and, and yes, the theatrical but moments were so wonderful. They're, they're opening this up, and he's directing the chorus in the diner, and yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, it wasn't cheesy; it was beautiful. It was, and the, it was and it happened in other times when his friend Michael's moving into the luxury building, and you mm-hmm. see these glamorous, let's call them the ensemble, in the lobby of the apartment yeah. building and they're dancing and they're dressed and they're this and it was escapism well not to mention the moment where you have Andrew Garfield and Vanessa Hudgens sitting on the stools doing mm-hmm. the the parody moment with their fight that was thrilling to me when you're watching that like puppet moment from Chicago like right. they're doing one thing and something else is happening in real life and I'm thinking to myself oh there's 
there's the juxtaposition of comedy and drama. That is theater. They're doing that, dun, 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 and they're doing that puppet uh, you know, bit, and they're like really intensely fighting in the other scene. And it's like, that is film. That is theater. That is like, that was where I was like, Lin-Manuel is putting heart and soul into this. He is not just telling the story. We have seen a few, a few mus- movie musicals in the past few months and years of just put it on, put it up on film. Just throw a camera up there and put it on film. Yeah. This was filmic. This was, was filmed. Out. You know, anytime he was seeing something that was inspiring to yeah. him, you know, he's living in New York City entering the 90s and what was happening during that time, you know, and what was on the billboards at that time and stuff and what his inspirations were that he was writing down in his notes. And that was even done so well. Oh, yes, the notes and the way that... And then, like, swimming and the music coming alive. And that was theatrical, too, the beautiful moment of swimming. There was just the songs. That big, beautiful song at the end is just so wonderful that Vanessa Hudgens sings. And she was awesome in it. I actually loved Joshua Henry and Vanessa Hudgens' involvement in this Mm -hmm. and how they were, like, a good amount because he had his life and then he had, like, them and the singers were... I just loved that. I loved in the beginning. I was like, "What's going on? Why is there the piano and the two stools? And are we gonna just? Is this gonna be a concert film?" But it was like, no. It was like this awesome, healthy mm-hmm. blend of everything. Um, I thought Vanessa Hudgens was great in it. I love her. I think she just does some amazing and stuff that's throughout where her career. I think we I think have to praise great. a lot of the actors in this yeah. film too yeah. because they were in, able to embody other characters. Oh, and at yeah. times, I was able to look away from the screen and realize okay, that's not Vanessa Hudgens, or that's not Joshua Henry, or that's right. not Andrew Garfield, and that's not um, Judith Light. You know, I was able to say, oh. Well, Judith I, Light, let's talk about that. You had I to, mean, at one point I was say, like, who is, is Judith Light? I was like, I'm, and I'm a huge Judith Light fan. I think that woman can do no wrong in the films that and the shows that she's in. I'm watching this, I'm like, oh my God. God, is she committed? She's just committed to that role. And that's why I was all saying earlier, Bradley Whitford, like if you watch his Sondheim moment, and, and as we learned in our research, yes, Sondheim was a little bit of a mentor to Jonathan, Jonathan Larson for a little bit there. He came to a workshop of his. He wrote letters to him and they wrote letters back. And he actually, I believe, invited Jonathan Larson to into the woods rehearsals back in the late 80s or right. early 90s time. So yeah, but then you have the commitment to like, Kate Rockwell's in here at one point, like Judy Kuhn and Danny Bernstein like the parents like that was an awesome moment Richard Kind has that comedic bit moment there Laura Benanti oh my god like her that woman like she just has this bit role that is so funny it's a bit role but it was like such a serious moment in the show because this guy Jonathan's struggling wondering like okay do I keep chasing my dream or do I do something to make money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that was such a great moment. Yes, for sure. For sure. As well, and you have like MJ Rodriguez as Carolyn in there, his friend in the diner, which was so great. I mean, I'm just trying. Some things like to, to praise, I also would say Ramon de Jesus. Which, oh, yeah. That was amazing. He, he was just so committed to this that. This was like a new level for him. Oh, yeah. I've seen him in things recently. And a lot and of like times you see him doing comedy. comedy. I've seen him on Broadway do a lot of great comedy. He gets big laughs in, in Boys in the Band. He was great. This was really a new step in the right direction for him, right. I think. For an acting moment and for a vocal moment. Yeah. Because he has that song and it's like, it. it's such an important part of it because I think a lot of... His inspiration. I, I I think I've read that this is not a real person in Jonathan's life. I think it's someone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think this is where a lot of the inspiration for Rent came about. Sure. You know, seeing some of his friends and also seeing someone like him and what his struggles were and just wanting to get out of you know, the certain areas of the city that they're living in and getting to that mm-hmm. next life. Well, especially when you see the character, Robin De Jesus' character, Michael, on the street with Andrew Garfield's character and they're arguing and he's saying, and he's saying, I... 
He's like, why do you want this big fancy life? He's saying to Michael, he's like, because I don't have half the things in the world that I wish I could have right now. So this is what I want right now. This is what I want right now. And then, you know, that whole arc of, and and their friendship and how they were going to do everything together. And one of them went one way and one of them, but they still stayed friends as hard as it was. I thought the relationships throughout this film were so strong. I really loved Andrew Garfield and Alexandra Shipp's relationship. It was like so... When, when she gives him that book at the end and leaves, I just thought there was such spark there of like sadness, but joy and magic and the relationship is, it was tragic. It was just, I don't know. I, I have a very hard time finding any weak moment in this. I thought this whole thing was so them, well. It's like you realize like, oh, they're so in love. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, but what else are they so in love with? And was like, he really in love with her? Or is he in love with the, the career? And was she really in love with him or was she in love with her career? And could they make a sacrifice for each other? But that scene at the end when both Alexandra and Vanessa are singing. Oh, yes. At the same time like that. They're singing Come to Your Senses together, which I don't think it's normally a duet like that. That was that moment. It was like, oh, the same song is being sung in two very different contexts Mm -hmm. and it's working. And I know barely anything about Superbia other than, other than the songs that they're singing in Superbia are good too. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this is just great. But you're seeing like, this awesome, there was something so mysterious about Vanessa Hudgens singing that. She learned it an hour before. She's singing it. He's getting his workshop to this great place. And there's, there's Alexandra, Susan's character also Singing at the same time, the brevity of that. Well, the whole point of this was like, we're watching him write his first musical and that he needed his like 11 o'clock number. Yeah. He needed the thing in that piece. And that was something that Sondheim had, I guess, told him. I don't know if that's accurate. But in the film, Sondheim told him that. And he had to write it. He had to get in a fight with his girlfriend to write that song. Mm. And that's, you know, what made them break up. Yeah. Yeah. So... Then to then have her sing half of it and then have a character sing the other half of it because most music out there in this world is inspiration from something, something in someone's life. You have to, you can't just come up with a story without having a story. So to watch them and to watch it on stage versus to have that theatrical Mm. moment where you take it away and you're like, wow. They're on the rooftops and it's beautiful and it's theater and it's this. And and then like he comes back to reality. Yeah. It's that, that, it's that journey that it takes you on. Mm-hmm. There's also, you know, there's also these underlying themes of what's going on in the early nineties. Freddie, I believe is the character played by Ben Levy Ross, who is sick in the mm-hmm. hospital. And we're talking about the HIV AIDS crisis. People, he's mentioning the friends funerals he's going to, um, the government's involvement or non-involvement in that, this clip of the Supreme court, uh, he's watching TV, getting inspired, the, the homophobia in the country at that time and things. So, which was it, such a major thing for him because he, was like what how can how can i help yeah he didn't know what to do yeah and i'm sure that's why a lot of these themes then enter rent later on because yeah. there's so much like listen to love you bohem mm-hmm. when all of the things that are happening in the world yeah. and you're like okay and then i think it was also and then like and then going you know flashing way ahead to the end he's it's his birthday he yeah. makes it to the 30th birthday he doesn't blow out the candles spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, he gets, I'm pretty sure, right? The cake is brought to him, make a wish. He's making the wish end of film. I'm I'm pretty sure that's how that film, I, I don't think well, he actually blew like, them out. So I think that was a choice. Like the, I mean, that's like the blowing out is the film ending. Right. The film ending. And, and, and it's, and it's almost like he got to 30 
it's that that moment ended, but we know he had five more years on the earth to, and he created rent. Mm-hmm. He made it a little longer. He, what did he feel at thirty? He thought tick tick boom, the boom of the tick tick boom was ending, but it wasn't. It was just the start for him. It's amazing how like what you think might be the end might be the start. I uh, he's calling the agent, calling mm-hmm. the agent. Judith lights. Oh, and then there was that. Oh my god, that feeling that everyone thought it was great, Jonathan. It was great. It was great. And she's like, she's like, yeah. So I'll let you know. And he was like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah. Well, well keep writing. And and well, he thought, like, you know, yeah, someone's going to cut him a check tomorrow. They can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Right. Right. And to hear that, it's like they liked it. They didn't love it. Yeah. They think I can do more. And that's why. And when she says, when Judith Light says, I'm and write something, and then when you're done with that write something else. And when you're done with that, write something else. It is so sadly true in this industry. It directs something and then directs something else. And for an act, audition for something and then audition and then, and then perform in a show and then perform in another show. It is the machine of, as a performer, an actor or a creator to constantly keep going. And it's that drive to keep going. That is just was, and he says in the party scenes, I'm going to be the next big musical theater probably. And people were like, oh, cool. Who are you? Like, you know, and, 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 and look, you know, so I just, I was very, 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 and that's a, that's an inspiring, but also a hard thing to watch because you have to be able to have that with you when you're in this industry to be like, okay, I'm just going to keep chugging along. I'm going to continue to keep chugging along or I'm going to give up and I'm going to go do something else. And I wonder how many people have to say that every single day. Yeah. And then watch something like this though and then feel re-inspired yep, again yeah i think this is like something like anytime i'm not feeling inspired i'm just oh, gonna yeah. turn it i on. almost i have to watch this again <laughs> sometimes i watch them like i don't need to see that again for a long i will like have to watch this again next week like i feel like i need for to sure, put it on i think there's probably so, so many, much that yeah, we missed yeah and i think that this was done so well that there was things in there that we yeah. definitely missed. and i really not that you know a lot of people don't always create films for awards i know some people are pro awards not awards but this show has to this film has to get nominated for some yeah. things golden globes oscars has to it's just too brilliant and what a beautiful homage to the theater industry to see this to give it's almost like we're at we're we're how deep into this pandemic broadway's just starting to open boom here's the inspiration for all the young people who have yeah. maybe felt like really wow this pandemic has been tough and and, and what an inspirational person like Jonathan Larson to see. And then Lynn Manuel's the next. They, they, you know, we every we get the next breath of here he is, the next but that's amazing that musical I love theater about writer. Him too, because he finds things that he's inspired by. I'm sure he was there for some of these moments in that life. Yeah, you know, maybe. I, sh- maybe. I, I don't know what his involvement was ahead of time. Yeah. Or like was he inspired after the fact? But he had to have been inspired by Well, him. look at the... Uh, I always talk about this lineage. You have Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein and Sondheim learn from Richard Rodgers. You have Sondheim passing that torch. And there's so many other amazing composers in there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Broadway world is just four people. But Sondheim passes that torch on to Jonathan Larson in a way. Jonathan Larson in a way passes that torch on to someone like Lin-Manuel. This torch of carrying the beauty of musical theater writing gets passed through among many other amazing people too. But those are the big giants of the industry I'm talking about. Well, right. You know? it, they show that they're they're inspired mm-hmm. by each other because mm-hmm. they added to their musicals later on. But but isn't it also amazing to listen to the styles of Richard Rodgers' music? Now listen to the style of Stephen Sondheim music. Now listen to the style of Jonathan Larson. And now listen to the style of Lin-Manuel. Like, all work on the stage so well. All are beautiful. 
in their own way. I will go see a Roger Hammerstein show and cry, and I will go out see a Lin-Manuel show and cry. And they're both beautiful in that way, but they're also different, telling different stories, which is what musical theater like is. And I would praise most of them because they actually take original stories or create original stories. They're, they're original so, creators. They're not yeah. always like, oh, let's just... Um, write the music to this movie that there's nothing wrong with that. I know no, that is a popular but, thing on Broadway right now, but cause there's that that's hard too to write it, music to some a movie that's already yes, created, but in agreement with you, but it's also, they set themselves aside. Yeah. They put themselves in a different league. Yeah, I think by yes. creating a masterpiece. Yeah. So, yep. you know, exactly. Uh, Oh, oh, there it is. Time to wrap up. These half hours fly by so fast, so fast Jeff. Fast. I know. And when you're talking about something you feel so passionate about, this was just wonderful. Right, just right. truly sure wonderful. Go on and we can get down into the nitty gritty detail yeah. about each character oh, and my piece God. and this. And let us know what you think yes. about that too. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. I mean, we hope you enjoyed listening today um, to this. But really quick before we wrap up, yeah. what is your quick like one minute you know, re- recap on this? My one minute recap is that I think everyone should see this film. I think it's inspiring for every single person to see this film, whether you're in the theater space or not. This is someone who was hungry for the industry, who was able to write, who was able to create, and also goes through everything that an everyday person goes through. And I just... I just praise it and I praise the work that all of these performers and these creators did on this piece because they did it really, really well. My quick recap would be, I know the industry people are going to see this film. So to sit here and say, everybody who works in the industry should go see this because people will and people will connect with it. And so I know those people will. I want, I would love to, this film to shed some light. It's on Netflix, which almost everyone in the world has Netflix now at this point. It's on there. Um, and you don't have to go buy a movie ticket for it. You can, but it's on Netflix. And so I think people who maybe don't know a lot of a musical theater or see the mega hit shows and want to know how something's created or how people have created go in a time of a sad time of the country, right? The, the late eighties into the early nineties is, is tough for the New Yorkers. And so people, everyone should see this people, even who don't really know much about theater or who go see a polished probably show and say, how do they get that? Well, go watch something like this and see what people have to struggle through to really get because just putting on a workshop or a reading is a lot. And you see that, right? And, and I, I think, think people forget that entertainment is a lot of work. Yeah. And it's at anyone's fingertips at any time to enjoy entertainment. Yeah. But there's so much to create that goes and into to get it. Up and yeah. let's think about a world without entertainment right now. Yeah. It doesn't no, it's what, what, what got us through this pandemic. Everyone's sitting at home, what, listening to music, watching TV shows mm-hmm. and movies. And that the arts continued to carry us through these tough times that we've been in. Right. So, yes, that's my recap there. Um, we thank you all so much for listening today, and we hope you enjoyed. <laughs> That's our recap on uh, Tick, Tick, Boom for today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Half Hour Podcast for the latest on our posts. You can engage with us, comment with us. We do all our Instagram. Uh, our Instagram for the podcast is, is big now. We're getting uh, growing there. So at Half Hour Podcast is where you can get more information on our podcast, and you can engage and comment with us. More to come, some more shows coming up this up as we enter the holiday season, a couple more f- musical films coming up, so we got lots to talk about. I hear a Sondheim musical Sond- coming up. Oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe something's coming, as they say. So we got some West Side Story coming up, we got some stage musicals, some Broadway coming up, so lots of things coming up for y'all. But that'll be another episode, so we're yes. signing off for today. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Ta-ta.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.